0: Welcome to Riverbend Church's podcast, and thanks for listening. Riverbend is a church in Hernando, Mississippi that is focused on our calling to restore the community around us. For more information, visit rbhernando.church. We hope you enjoy the message. Good morning. If you have a copy of God's Word with you today, and I hope that you do, um, turn in the letter of James, the epistle of James, to James chapter 2. Starting in verse 14, we will uh, be looking at um, real faith and what it means to have real faith because it, real faith, works. Um, Because of this passage, because of this passage that we are going to look at today, the great reformer Martin Luther called this book, this letter, this epistle, an epistle of straw, not much weight to it. And uh, it is because of of what the topic and the um, writing of James versus what Luther thought from the writing of Paul, that there was a difference, there was a contradiction, there was an issue, and so he, because of his background, um, sided supposedly with Paul. And So we're going to look at this passage, and we're going to look at it against what Paul had to say, and we're going to focus in on faith. Let me read the passage for you, and I'll talk some more about um What Luther had to say. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself if it does not have works is dead. But someone will say you have faith and I have works show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe in God you believe God is one you do well even the demons believe and shudder Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is is useless? Was not Abraham, our father, justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see, that faith was active. That faith was active along with his works and faith was accomplished by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. Verse 24, you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, Was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we Look at this passage this morning. Father, it is a, a topic. It is an issue. This is a portion of your word that on one level or another, it seems that there is a contradiction. Father, we, we believe that all Scripture is breathed out by You. And there is no error in it. Father, might we come to understand more clearly what James is stating here, what Paul states in Romans 4 and other places. God, may You speak from Your Word to our hearts father, draw us closer to you. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. In the early 1500s, Martin Luther, a um, Catholic monk was in Rome, found himself there studying, found himself there on assignment, found himself, uh, reading the word. And as he read the word in those days, at Rome, and as he was fulfilling the duties of the job and the task that he had, um, God spoke through the word. He spoke through the word in Romans chapter 1. In Romans chapter 1, verse 17, these words pricked the heart of Luther and awakened the faith in him. For in it, Paul writes in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, for in it, speaking of the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written. Picking up a quote from the Old Testament, the righteous shall live by faith. Those words drove deep into The heart and soul of Luther. Up until those moments, up until the time that he is reading those words, he has all, he is all in on the church. And the church at the time was stating it is faith and these things in the church. And he reads what Paul says to the church at Rome in that first century setting. And God speaks, the righteous shall live by faith. So does Paul get it right in Romans chapter 1 or does James get it right in James chapter 2? The righteous shall live by faith or... Faith alone without works is dead. Well, let's see. Let's spend the next few moments trying to grasp what James and Paul have to say. Real faith works few points this morning, we have three of them in front of us. The first is this, real faith is alive. Look back at verses 14 through 17, states this, what good is it brothers if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warned, be filled without giving them anything, any of the needs, any of the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, it is dead if it does not have works. Real faith is alive. A couple of facts for us that we've already looked at. Back in chapter 1, the first is this. Every single person on the face of the earth, past, present, and future, every single person is a person of faith. They may not be a person of faith in the... God that you and I know and serve and love, but they are a person, a man, woman, boy, or girl of faith. Faith in things, faith in a person, faith in a God, so to speak. But every single person is a person of faith. It's not that they are or they aren't a person of faith, but it is the object of their faith that is different. There are different types of faith. As I just stated, there are faith in people. I put my faith in a driver if I'm riding in the back seat. Sometimes scary. Sometimes if I'm riding in the front seat, but not behind the wheel. I put my faith in the person that is driving the car. I put my faith in the person who is flying the plane. I put my faith in people to stop in other cars. We put our faith in people. That is a type of faith. We put our faith in things. You have put your faith in the chair that you are seated in at this moment. You came to it and said, I'm going to sit in that chair. And guess what? All of your weight is now in that chair. You put your faith in that chair. Be careful. Some of those chaired bottoms and backs aren't fastened as they once were. We put our faith in people. We put our faith in things. There is this aspect of saving faith as we'll see. And there's also the aspect of dead faith. Saying that you have faith in God saying that there was this experience, yet your life and my life possibly shows something that is different than what you and I might say. Saving faith, dead faith. In this passage, James speaks to faith that saves, and that faith is alive. That, that faith is alive, and that faith, for that faith to be alive, it must be accompanied, accompanied with something, and that something is works. Read those verses, verse 15 and 16, once again. If a brother or a sister is poorly clothed, lacking daily food, and one of you, one of us from River Bend, says to them, hey, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? I was studying this week, and it often happens when I am studying and I am trying to finish up whatever the segment is that, uh, there is an interruption and the interruption that day came multiple ways. It came in a phone call that I did not respond to. I saw the number, didn't know who the number was and went about trying to close out what I was doing immediately followed by a text, didn't respond to the text from the same number. Second text, I did respond, all within about 47 seconds, and it was an individual that stated, hey, we're right here, we um, we don't get paid till Friday, it's Thursday, and we need this to make it. We've got a one-year-old, and we don't have anything. We are staying in this establishment, can you help? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Hey, no, I can't. Go in peace. Hope you have a great day. We don't give away money. What good is that? So I stopped what I was trying to finish, and I stated to this young lady, yes, we can help, went and picked up a gift card, went and picked up a couple of dollars of formula for an infant and went to the establishment where they were. She thanked me. Husband thanked me. 30 minutes later, she called back thanking me again. I I don't say that to pat this back or that back, but I state it because here is a brother or sister, a neighbor, an individual with needs. And if you and I say that we have faith, saving faith, faith that is alive, yet we don't take care of the need that is pressing at hand, why do you think that they would listen to anything that you and I might say? James speaks of a faith that saves. The the words here, uh, what good is it, there in verse number 14, speaks to the type of faith that doesn't have anything that backs it up. It's just fluff. It's like cotton candy. I love cotton candy, but there is no substance whatsoever with cotton candy. I can eat 17 pounds of it, throw up 15 and a half of it, but but there is no substance to the cotton candy. There's no way for me to eat 17 pounds of ribeye, although I love ribeye. Why? Because there's substance. It sticks with us. What good is it, these words state? Speaks of this type of faith that doesn't have anything that backs it up. Faith, real faith, is a faith that is alive. And it's alive because, second point this morning, it moves us to action. Let's take just a few moments and and kind of backtrack through the New Testament so Uh, If you have a copy with you, turn over to Romans chapter 4 and let's see what Paul says about Abraham and faith. I believe the verses here might be on the screen, but uh, in Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, it states this. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham? Our forefather according to the flesh. Now, pause one second, according to the flesh. He he is speaking about this physical body. He is speaking about works with the physical body. Okay, and so this is the difference between what James is saying and what Paul is about to say. For if Abraham was justified, what does it mean to be justified? This is verse 2. What does it mean to be justified? Justified means this, that you and I are looked at by God just as if we'd never sinned. He looks at us through the blood of Jesus. So if he was justified by his works, by by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Well, for us to understand this passage about Abraham, you've got to go back to a number of chapter a number of verses in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 12, verses one through three state these words. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. At that moment, Abram name was Abram, not Abraham. At that moment, Abram lived in a land called the Ur of the Chaldees, or the Chaldeans. And Abram was from a family that worshiped false gods. And God spoke to Abram and said, Hey, I need you to leave here and I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. So here's my question. If Abram had faith, yet he did not move out of the land of the Chaldeans. Is that real faith? If Abram, who left in Genesis chapter 12 and moved to a place called Haran and lived there for 25 years until his father died, if he would have stayed in Haran, would that been a man of real faith? Abram responds back to God in Genesis chapter 15. As God is speaking, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you you have given me no offspring, and and a member of my household uh, will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man, Eleazar of Damascus, your servant, this man shall not be your heir, for your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward the heaven, number the stars, if you're able to number them. Then he said to him, God speaking to Abram, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Skip 2 chapters to chapter 17 verses 1 through 5 when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, "I am the I am God Almighty, walk before me, be blameless. That I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. At this moment, he still is childless. At this moment, he still is childless. Then Abram fell on his face and God said to him, behold, my covenant is with you. You shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, which is great father, but your name shall be Abraham, father of Great nations, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. Faith, real faith, moves to action. I, I give you those passages for this reason. If Abraham did not move from the earth of the Chaldeans, if Abraham did not move from Haran. Abraham is not a man with real faith. Yet he had real faith, and because he had real faith, he packed his bags and he moved to, not to Beverly Hills, but he moved to the promised land. If you and I have real faith, it moves us to act. It moves us to act For the daily needs of those around us. It moves us to act. To grow closer and closer to the Father. And James is writing just those same words. If you have real faith, Riverbend. Sir, ma'am, if you have real saving faith that is alive and is not dead. It will move you to act on God's word. Some of you say verse 18 of James chapter 2, that you have faith. Some of you say that that I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works. Show me your faith. Form that argument in your mind right now. How can you show me, how can I show you that I have faith? How can you show me that you have faith without works? Yesterday, I found myself in um, Stark, Vegas, Mississippi. And um, as I was there, I was at the First Baptist Church, and I was helping to, uh, to teach four new church planters. And we were talking about, um, discipleship, and we were talking about being disciple makers who make disciples that make disciples. And so for yesterday morning, um, they had to go to the whiteboard, and they had to give us their definition of discipleship, then they had to go to the whiteboard, and they said, all right, in this new church that I'm planting, here's how discipleship is going to work. Here's how we are going to make disciples. And one of the, the men wrote on their whiteboard, they just started drawing stick figures, which is um, a great work of art. But uh, they started drawing stick figures, and there was one stick figure, and then there was a space with a, with a hyphen, and then there were two stick figures, and there were four stick figures, and there was like 17 stick figures. And we're like, okay, what is that? That's discipleship. Why? Because that one hears the word. And that one goes and gets another and they share the word with the other and the other grows and then they go get two more and then it just becomes a whole group, whole church. Faith in action growing the body of Christ. James. Writes to a group of individuals that need encouragement. James writes to a group of individuals that is feeling the first wave of persecution coming their way. And James says, hey, your your faith is more than what's in between your right ear and your left ear. Your faith needs to be seen by those around you. Your faith needs to be acted out in the culture that you and I live in so that we see that it is alive and we see that we're not alone. Faith, real faith, is alive. Real faith moves one to action. And finally this morning, as we look at this passage, we see that real faith saves Faith that is alive, faith that moves to action is a faith that saves. Your faith. Think about it. Not somebody else's faith, not my faith, not somebody's in the past, not anybody else, but your faith. Your faith in the Son of the Living God. Your faith in Jesus as your Savior. Does it move you to act? For those of us who grew up in a church, for those of us who are growing up in this church, for those of us like myself that um, I honestly can't remember a time that I was not in church on a Sunday morning growing up. There were numbers of Sundays that I know I wasn't saved when I was at church, but I know that I was at church. If that has been your life and your culture that you have grown up in, it may be hard for you to kind of pull this apart and think about, okay, my faith and, and works because it's all that I've ever known. Real faith saves your faith. Does it move you to act, or does your faith, kind of like the negative side of James's example, does it just state, you know what, hey, I'm here. I, I believe that. I, I believe Genesis chapter 12. I believe Genesis chapter 15 and 17. Genesis chapter 22. I believe Malachi chapter 4. I, I believe Matthew 19 and 28. I, I believe This, but does your faith, what you believe, move you to action? As Martin Luther found himself crawling up the steps and crawling down the steps, those steps that Jesus stepped up toward the trial with Pilate, those steps that the church had moved from Jerusalem to Rome as he was crawling up those steps that Jesus had stepped up and stepped down. He was reminded of Romans chapter 1, verse 17. For in it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith. For faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Luther was saved in Rome. Luther later wrote 95 theses and nailed them to the door of the church there in Germany. Luther started or was a vocal point of the great reformation. His protege, those, the one that came right after him is a guy by the name of Philip. Philip, trying to, to mend what Paul stated in Romans and what James states here with what Luther had stated as it being an epistle of straw, summed it up great, and I close with this sentence, so to speak. You and I are saved by faith alone. But not a faith that remains alone. We are saved by faith alone. It is God who works in us through the work of His Son on the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That alone saves. But our faith, will not remain alone if it's real faith. Your faith will act. Your faith will move you to act. Your faith, if alive, will move you, will grow you. We see a healthy, living, saving faith that James writes about. title of the message is Real Faith Works. Part one. If it's a part one, guess what? More than likely, Lord willing, next Sunday, those of you that are here will have part two. And in part two, we'll look at verse 19. It says, you believe in God? Oh, You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. What's the action step? For today, uh, so I was thinking about action and faith. I think the action step is this: you and I really need to pause. We need to we need to kind of unplug. We need to unplug from the culture for a moment. We need to unplug from. Uh, those video services that I am members of, like, I won't give you all of them, but you know what they are, we just need to pause and say, Okay, Father, um, I say that I have faith in you, and I, and I, I believe that I am yours, and, and you're my Father, but Lord, I, I need to know if this faith that I have right now not faith as a, as an eight-year-old when I got saved. Not faith as a 16-year-old when I committed my life and surrendered my life to, to do what you wanted me to do. Not, my, not faith like when I was 24 and said, I don't know how in the world this is gonna happen, that I'm gonna be married to somebody, but, but Lord, I believe this is what you want me to do. Not, not just in those moments, but, but right now, is my faith alive? Lord, if it's alive, what's the fruit that's being shown? This man by the name of Abraham, in Genesis chapter 12 it stated, in Genesis chapter 15 it stated, excuse me, in Genesis chapter 15 it stated that it was counted to him as righteousness. But there was still some action that had to take place in Abraham's life. Did he make it every day without a mess up? No. No, because he took Hagar as his wife and tried to get God to bless through Ishmael. He had to act on his faith. He had to act on his faith in Genesis chapter 22 when God said, all right, take Isaac, your promised child, and take him up to the the mountain that I'm going to show you, and you give him back to me. You kill him. And for day after day, a third day dawns, and they are walking. And the whole time, Abraham is like, this guy walking next to me is my son, and he's as good as dead because I'm taking him to the top of the mountain. I'm pulling out this dagger, and I am killing him because God said so. That's the fruit of his faith. What's the fruit of your faith today? Maybe it's a small thing. Maybe it's a large thing. Maybe it's multiple things that you can look at and over the last week, over the last few months, you can say, this faith is alive because I see the fruit. Or maybe you say, you know what, Brian? I I, I don't see any action. I, I, I believe, but here lately there is no Movement. Well, the action step for you and for me and for those of us that find ourselves there, the action step for all of us is, okay, Lord, if if, if that's where I am, afresh and anew I believe you. A fresh and anew, I surrender myself to you, afresh and a new use me today, afresh and a new grow this in me. Because I'm yours. And for those of us that are in the room that might not have faith in the Father, please know this, that He loves you. He loved you so much, just like He loves me so much, just like He loves everybody else so much that He gave His Son for you so that you might believe Him, so that you might love Him as He loves you. Father, we look at these passages. We, we look at Genesis. We look at Romans. We look at James. We think about, God, you acting in history. God, you saving us through the work of your son. God, I, I don't know how many in the room have, have wrestled with Going back and forth from Romans 1 and Romans 4 to James 2. Maybe none of us in the room have. Father, I don't know the wrestling inside of hearts at this moment like you do. But God, I do know that there are moments and there are days where I fail you. And I think, man, where's my stance with you? Because I have said this for the thousandth time, or I've had this attitude, or I've done that. Or I haven't done what you've told me clearly in your word that I need to be about. God, may we understand our faith in you and that real faith. That it is alive, Father, that you desire for us to move and grow. And that this thing, salvation, there is a part of it, Father. There is a part of it that we are to grow in it called sanctification. Right now, we're to be closer to you than we were a year ago, Father. Lord, I pray for this body. I pray that we would pause today. Maybe even at this moment, but Father, I pray that we would pause today and see if You would speak about our individual faith. God, that we would know exactly what You think of us as a son and as a daughter, but just where we are in the journey called life. Whether we're young or old or somewhere in between, just where we stand with you. So God, use this time, I pray. Speak to our hearts. Father, may we be listening as we respond back to you. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. You have been listening to the latest message from Riverbend Church. We hope you enjoyed it. Live simp.